This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. The children are a way of, how should I put it, a form of immortality, if you like, because that's how you continue physically. Does that matter to you now more than it did yeah, 10 years ago? I think so. And we welcome you to this edition of Tuesday People. The podcast. I'm your host, Mitch Album, the author of the book Tuesdays with Maury. The podcast is inspired by that, even though the book itself is now 27, 8 years, 7, 26 years old. Uh, but uh, the lessons and the messages still resonate strongly through my life and apparently through the lives of many, many people around the world. And that led us to start this podcast several years ago. And we yeah. continue to follow and find uh, new ways to apply those lessons uh, to our lives. And new is a good word for today's podcast, and I'll explain why in a moment. I want to say hi to Lisa Goich, who is my friend and producer of this podcast. Lisa, you're doing well? Uh, yes. You know, it's almost been four years that we've been at this, Mitch. Did you realize that? I was always not. thinking it was coming on three, but in November... We will be coming on four years. Wow. Yeah. Well, November is a fitting month. I have a new book coming out in November, my first new book in a couple of years. And I'll be talking about that in the weeks to come. Uh, it's a novel. It's called The Little Liar. And it's the essence of it is about truth and lying. And it's set during the Holocaust, but it's less a Holocaust novel than it is about the price we pay for lying and for. And, and for lying to each other and lying to ourselves. And so uh, November, when we celebrate our fourth year of doing this, I'll also <laughs> be celebrating the publication of another book, still putting out books after all these years. As See? Paul Simon says, still crazy <laughs> after all these years. So well, when, when I said something new, here's what I meant. So I just got back from California where um, – Really, three events took place that reminded me very much about the circle of life. My parents are buried in California. And so whenever I go there, since I don't live there, whenever I go, I try to go to the cemetery and visit with them. Mm -hmm. um, at the same time, my, uh, some of my dear friends live out there, and they just had a wedding of their son. Uh, their oldest son just got married, and I went to that this past Saturday night at a beautiful wedding in one of those California weddings where, as only California can, it was on some 10,000-acre oh. horse ranch. <laughs> oh, they, didn't, they, don't, they don't own it or anything. That, that, was, <laughs> that was the site of the place. But I mean, right. there's just so many beautiful sites in California to get married at. You know, yeah. It's not a place where like, well, let's see if the union hall is available. Uh, <laughs> it's, you know, let, let's, let's go by 
under this grove or this ocean vista or these mountains or there's just so many great places to get married in California. And they had one of those beautiful ceremonies. But what what really made it beautiful was the sentiment of the of the son and his brother actually officiated. Uh, you know, my friends have three sons and 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 the three of them were intricately involved in this beautiful um, wedding ceremony where the younger brother was kind of the, you know, what do you call him? The offici- officiator. I mean, they didn't have a priest or a rabbi or anything like that. Oh, they he, just. He, he went and got a license. Oh, uh, yeah. I know, love those. You can get, yeah. get them online. And it was such a beautiful ceremony about his them growing up together and, and, and you know, how, how they welcomed in the, 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 the the bride and to the family and so many good stories. And, and they, they teared up when they talked about each other, the brothers. And I could see how proud their parents were that, you know, my friends who had raised these beautiful kids to be so proud of one another uh, as, as to really stand up and uh, at the, at, at one of their weddings and, and cry for their brother's happiness. I mean, literally Aww. that's what they were doing. And uh, the younger brother at one point said, you know, they work together and he said to be able to get up every day and work with my, my, my role model and my hero and my brother, you know, is, is such a, uh, a privilege. And he was like crying when he was saying it. And then I said, wow, how often do you see siblings who express their love so openly to one another like that? It's just most of the time people are warring with one another with them when they're siblings, you know, or else they just don't say what they, they should say. But these, these three were really, so open and honest with each other. And it, 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 it struck me as the older person, how proud their parents must be to say, you know, wow, we've raised three sons. They're now in their twenties and thirties. Yeah. You know, we're done with the, you know, the little the, the hands-on stuff. They're on their own. They're in the world. And look how they've turned out with their love for one another. None That's... of them are perfect people. Nobody's a perfect person, but their love for one another. If you can infuse that into your kids, then think of what you have when you live on, you know? That's and, beautiful. Yeah. And so A is an example of my parents being buried and, and, and going to visit them. And B is this wedding of friends who um, got to see their son start his life and th- the other two children so intricately involved. And three was the birth of um, the first baby on my side of the family of, I talk about my wife, Janine, a lot and how many, we have all these kids on our nieces and nephews. We have, I think 15 nieces and nephews um, from Janine's side of the family. And we already have 10 or 12. I can't even keep track, you know, great nieces and nephews with many, many more coming. There's another one right. in a month and there'll be another one doing some of them haven't even gotten married yet and they're coming. But on my side, um, I only have a sister and a brother uh, and my brother doesn't have any kids and I didn't have any kids. And so my sister was the only one who had two kids and the, the oldest one just had a baby. Oh. And so, yeah. And so I was able to see the first baby born of our side of the family to continue the family, you know, lineage. Well, uh, and, and to your friends, it's Rosie's uh, people. Yeah, made- and he's married to uh, the fr- a friend, of one of my best friend's daughters. Daughters, which yeah. is this so most beautiful yeah, thing. It yeah. carries on that friendship. Yeah. Now you've made a baby. 
You've yeah, I you, haven't made a baby. You brought a baby into this world though by your friendship with the with right. you know we're we're yeah, we're loosely responsible, sort of like <laughs> the way the bank is responsible for people getting a new home. We we're there to lend the money, but we didn't actually do the do the deed, you know. Yeah, but it's still so sweet. I love well, it. It is sweet and it, it, it and and why I think it's pertinent to today is that it made me when I first held this baby and she's only two weeks old oh. and I, you know, we couldn't wait to get out there to see her. And when I held her and she's tiny, she, she was born like at four pounds, eight ounces. So she's really small. Um, and I looked at her face and her face is the same as my nephew's face. And my nephew's face is the same as my face. In fact, many times when we go out, people think that we're either he's either my very younger brother or my son. Uh-huh. And, and my face is the same as my father's face. So my father's face to my to my face to my nephew's face now to his daughter's face is one. Over the years, my father, when he was alive and my nephew and I would pose for photos where we would try to make the same face Aww. so that people could say, Oh my God, they look just like one another. You know, right. sometimes we would make like a little smirk. Uh, sometimes we would like uh, make this like shock you know, wide uh, eyes, wide open, oh, mouth wide sweet. open kind of thing. And we just looked at so much alike. And now uh, Jesse, my nephew and I were talking about how, how we need to get the baby to make one of those expressions and then <laughs> superimpose it over the picture so that there are four of us yeah. instead of three of us. Um, and what we, 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 uh, we used to joke that it was called uh, Papa face, baby face and fetus face. You know, oh. that's <laughs> so why am I telling you all this? Because it raises the question, how important is it in life to feel that you will go on? in somebody else after you're gone. I have to say that when I was younger, I didn't really think that this was that big a deal. And I also have to say that as I've gotten older, it matters to me tremendously. This was not a new sentiment. Maury and I talked about it my, many, many years ago, and I asked him that question as he was in his mid to late 70s looking back on his life. Here it is. The children are a way of, how should I put it, a form of immortality, if you like, because that's how you... Continue physically. Does that matter to you now more than it did yeah, 10 years ago? I think so. 10 years ago, you know, didn't think about it even. So, we have at least little egos, is to think that we're going to live on in some form. Mm-hmm. So, if you have the spiritual form, where you live on as a consciousness or a soul, that's great. But you don't know that, and I don't know that. Mm-hmm. But I do know that I have children who will then presumably have their own kids, and they'll know about their grandfather and stuff. And I do believe 
that statement I think I quoted to you, that death ends a life but not a relationship, that you continue the relationship in some way, and that that will happen. So you heard Maury say, well, as I'm dying, knowing that I have kids and hoping that they will have kids of their own who will know about their grandfather is a way of my going on. And what is it that we really are saying when we concern ourselves with that? Wouldn't you think it is we don't want to be forgotten? We don't Mm -hmm. want our time here to just end when we are gone. We want to live on inside the heads and hearts of somebody else. And when you have children, your own children, I think there is that sense of, uh, okay, if something should happen to me, I've contributed to the world with children. uh, and, And they're going to take what I've taught them and be influenced by how I have influenced them and 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 so part of me will live on through them and i think you get that in your 20s or 30s when you have your kids or your 40s but then there's a stretch of time where they're growing up you're doing a lot of yelling maybe some battling <laughs> the teenage years all the rest of it there are moments where you go you know i'm not sure this is all worth it and then you reach that plateau where they're kind of out on their own. They're adults, maybe, you know, they take years to get married and then eventually they have children. And then when they have grandchildren, where you have your first grandchild, or in my case, a grandnephew, a great nephew, you feel that you feel that sense of going on in a deeper way, like, wow, another generation. Yeah. And you realize like there could be more generations and more generations. And, and you want to just, you know, I want to say to my nephew, have lots of kids. Uh, yeah. So we don't have to, we don't have to ever come down to like, are we going to have one? Are we going to have one? Have lots. And then to all of them, have lots to all of them so that you never have to think like your lineage might die out. You die, know? right. Yeah. yeah. It might be gone after you're gone. Um, but on the other hand, you know, I don't have children of my own, even though I've got all these kids in Haiti that I consider our kids, but they're not biologically our kids. And Lisa, you don't have children. No. And many people that I know uh, do not have children. So is there something empty as you get older and as you realize your own mortality that starts to make you think, well, how do I go on if there's no children after me? Like when I am finished here, am I forever finished? You know, do I become like the dust that blows away in the wind? And 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 because there isn't anything that the dust is blowing off of, I wasn't here. You know, once the last person who remembers me is off the earth, am I am I gone because I don't have children to pass this on to? I don't know. You know, have you have you given this some thought, Lisa? Do you? Oh yeah, I think about it all the time. I mean, there's days where I'm better with it than others, but. I, I've said this before on this show, it's like my biggest regret, not having children. You know, mm-hmm. I, I wish I had some kids. I do have like you, I have two nieces, biological nieces who went on to have six children, you know, and I assume those six children will have more children. Right. And so I kind of feel like my niece who has two kids, she and I look exactly alike. Mm-hmm. So I can see a lot of characteristics in the kids that are like me. 
you know, because we still share DNA, right? So I look at it as I might not have had biological children, but you know what? My DNA is still in my niece and it'll be in her children and their children and their children and their children. So a piece of us, you included, Mitch, will still go on with all those other kids that are out there, you know? Right. Right. The way I've sort of looked at it similarly to you is that I was less concerned that my DNA, my characteristics weren't going to be continued on than I was that my parents and my grandparents and all the people who came before me weren't. And so in that way, my nephew having a child is just as good because he's got my sister's my sister and I are connected. We come from our parents. We come from the same grandparents. We come from the same yeah. great-grandparents. Grandparents. So that's getting passed on. And so I'm able to feel like, okay, we're all right. You know, it doesn't have to be me. It's just, no. just as long as, as the family line somehow continues. We'll be back with more Tuesday People right after this. Mmm, the first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to Caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at Caskers.com. You see why in the older days, you know, when families were everything and and, and they would wait for the firstborn son because the son would, (laughs) you know, procreate and the name would go on. You know, this was so important um, because people wanted to feel like there was a sense of their immortality, as Maurice suggested, went on with it. Now, I know some people who just do that. Sadly, you know, they've they've procreated all over the place with lots of women uh, so that they can say, oh, look how many kids I bought into the world and don't take responsibility for them. And those kids don't all turn out very well. And they're not exactly proud examples of uh, who you want, want to of the name. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, keep going. And just so, so obviously this can be abused uh, for the sake of just procreating and passing on your your genes to other people. You don't want to just do that willy nilly. You want to hopefully do it in a loving environment of which you are part of. Yeah. To try to, you know, shape that DNA into something that you would be proud of that carries your name. But it's very much, I think, something that people think about, about, you know, how do we take some comfort in knowing that our time is really limited as we start to face our mortality, well, all right, our time is limited, but it doesn't have to be limited for our children. And there's the possibility of it not being limited for our children's children and so forth. Maury talked about this as well. Is the comfort of knowing that there will be children living on after you equal, greater or lesser than the pain that you're gonna have to leave them? In other words, 
you know, yeah. if they were, if you didn't have children, those would be two less people that you were going to miss. Right. On the other hand, as you say, they are going to go on, you know. And they're going to die too. Yeah. But that's, uh, I gotta say, an easy question, really, because whatever you didn't have and you missed was missing a good part of life. And whenever people have asked me about having children, I don't say to them, have them, I don't have them. I say, there's no other experience that can substitute for it. And I think this is something that we realize as we get older, that maybe when we're younger, we think, if I make this movie, I'll be putting something out there in the world that will live forever. If I write this book, I'll be putting something out there in the world that'll live forever. And there have been admittedly many times where I've taken some comfort in the fact that a lot of people have read my books and that chances are at least some of them, likely Tuesdays with Maury, upon which this is, podcast is based, is going to be around for a while and maybe read by people, you know, after I'm gone, you know. And by by the way, I just thought of this by by writing the book about Maury, and here we are doing this podcast about Maury. You actually have served as sort of a child for Maury that you've gone on and procreated this other being that has gone on to have an entire life of its own that's carrying Maury's everything into the future. Right, and there are some people who have taken Maury's words to heart. Um, have used them in their wedding vows. Yes. Uh, some have named their kids Maury. Uh, so in a certain way, yes, by, you know, that book enabled him to go on. And, and, and to be honest with you, it's one of the reasons that I was so determined to write the book about Chica, our little girl who died when she was seven years old, because I said to myself, no one in the world is going to get to meet her anymore. Mm. after she died. But if I can write a story about her, then people will be able to meet her forever. As long as they print Aww. that book, as long as that book is in existence, people will meet her. And, and, and think of how many, you know, hundreds of thousands, millions of people now know who Chica is because I was able to write her story down. So there is something when you create a work of, of, of art or, or storytelling, you know, you can kind of feel like you're putting something out there into the world yeah. that's going to be there for a while. But Lisa and everybody, it's not a substitute for real life. You know, Bill Gates may pat himself on the back that uh, he created, I don't know, Windows or whatever, or Steve Jobs created an Apple computer or things like that. But without their children, you know, Eventually, you just become the inventor of, but all right, so that's great. You know, maybe they remember who invented something, maybe they don't, maybe somebody steals the credit from you. But it's not the same as putting a life into the world, which contains not only your DNA, but hopefully, you know, if you're a good parent, all that you've learned and loved and taught that you can pass on. And I think as we get older, it becomes more and more important to us. And I can tell you that holding that little peanut of a baby in my arms and looking at her face and seeing that face of my nephew, which is the face of my father, which is the face that I see in the mirror when I 
when I look at it, um, it gave me a great sense of uh, peace. You know, like, okay, take a breath. There's a, there's another generation in here. You know, I don't know why I didn't do anything. You know, I, I wasn't involved in it, but it just, it was like something that I wanted to tell my mother and father at their grave that, hey, guess what? You know, like you have been reborn. Yeah. You, you've, you've, you know, this is the first of your children that you weren't here for because obviously, you know, they were there when the three of us were born. Yeah. Uh, and they were there when my ne- nephews were born. But this is the first of their children's children to be born after they're gone. And I hope that wherever, you know, the angels of your parents listen to you at the cemetery, that they were made aware that, hey, they came back yeah. to the world a little bit. You know, even though they're they're gone, they came back in the form of this new life. And when she grows up and hopefully has children of her own, maybe she'll go and see her grandparents, um, her grandparents' great grandparents' graves, and say, "Hey, I'm the one who carried on, you know, your your DNA and your name and everything, and um, here I am, you know, and and." I don't know. I just, I just think it's something that you, we really don't think about in the, in the sturm and drang of life um, and all the craziness that goes on until we really are forced to sort of stop and look at it. And anyone who's had a grandchild come into their life or a great-grandchild come into their life or a, uh, uh, you know, the first nephew or the first new generation kid, I think will relate to what I'm saying and will understand that, uh, you know, uh, what's the Celine Dion song from Titanic? My heart will go. Will on. go on. Yes. Yeah. Uh-huh. So it's my heart will go on. It's a little bit like my my existence will go on. You know, my life will go on with um, the presence of this new life. And it was really, it was really something to see and to combine it into this weekend where I was able to see this new baby. On the same weekend where I was able to see this new baby come into the world, I was also able to witness our dear friends have their son get married mm-hmm. with his brothers as his best man. And to see that, that's the joy that that baby will give my nephew one day. Yeah. You know, when she grows up and gets married, hopefully. Sweet. And there's just a beauty to the to the cycle of this, you know, the whole to the circle of yeah, life the circle and the cycle. Yeah. It's a circle of life, Mitch. It's the song, another song yep. <laughs> that, uh, it is that takes us into the future. The circle of life. There's a lot to that song. Yeah, it is. Maury spoke about the uniqueness of, of children and how they are different than anything else that you create. Let me share this with you. If you want the experience of having complete responsibility for another human being for a period of time and to know how to love and bond with another in that deep way. That's the way you do it. You can't have it any other way. If you do it with a peer, it isn't the same thing. If you do it with an infant, it is something that's 
so inexplicable in ways in terms of what goes on that there's no way of substituting for it. So I would not want to have missed that experience even though you pay a painful price at the end. But it's worth it. Otherwise, what are you living for? Mm-hmm. You know, if not for experiences. So the way that he wraps that up, I would not have wanted to miss that experience, even though you pay a painful price for it at the end. And what he means, of course, is that you have to say goodbye to the people that you love, all these wonderful milestones that have come into your life. You have to leave them, but oh yeah, you have to leave everything eventually. And at least with these things, you're leaving something that you know is a way of your having made a mark that you were here. And whether they carry your name or get married and change names, that's not what's important. Whether they look like you or don't, that's not what's important. What's important is the impact that you had on them, your teaching, what you did for them, your heart, whatever you put inside them, that carries on. And in that Mm -hmm. way, you go on. And it is, as he said, inexplicable. There's no way of substituting for it. It is something that sometimes we end up realizing a little later in life than we wanted to. Uh, as you said, Lisa, and I've said, you know, well, if we could do things over again, maybe we'd do it differently. But the the point is you can find it in a lot of different elements of life. And I was able to find it in holding my little brand new great niece and watching this wedding and thinking about my parents and them being, you know, buried all, all within an hour. All this happened within an hour's distance of, of, of all the events, you know, the cemetery, yeah. the wedding the the baby and uh, and you make a circle i just made a little circle didn't i see and you, you did. make a circle <laughs> and that's it's within the circle of life it's in the and circle so, of life yeah so my heart will go on my lo- my life will go on my influence will go on um it's something that i think we think about as we get older and probably wish we could have thought about a little bit more when we get younger so um those of you who are listening to us who are young who have young children and you're wondering like ah it's crazy. I don't have a minute to myself. You may not have a minute to yourself. You may not have a quiet time. Your floor may be filled with broken toys and spit up and, uh, and, and, and Cheerios, but you have created a, an assurance that this world will maintain a piece of you after you've left it. And yeah. that's worth all the Cheerios and broken toys and 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 vomit uh, that you have to deal with. And, uh-huh. and I was really privileged to be able to have all that in one weekend and have my eyes open to it. So I hope you can find similar things in your life uh, and and take pride and joy in the continuance of the human family, the family of man, as they used to say. Now they probably just say family of humankind, I guess, uh, as we go on. And uh, I hope everybody gets a chance to have a, a weekend like that. Yes. Nothing like holding a, a little newborn in your hand. That's you. true. You can find out more about our show at wetuesdaypeople.com on the web. We're glad you were able to join us this week. On behalf of Lisa Goich, my friend and producer of the program, I'm Mitch Album saying, see you next Tuesday. Thank you for listening to Tuesday People. To be part of our conversation, join the Tuesday People community at wetuesdaypeople.com. 
Subscribe to our podcast so you don't miss an episode and share it with your friends. We look forward to having you with us every Tuesday because, after all, we're Tuesday people.